Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to Head of the Pack. It's been a while since we've talked to everyone, kind of the slow part of the offseason. As always, Matt Schneiman here with Bill Huber. Uh, it's summer break. Packers wrapped up their final day of mandatory mini camp yesterday. We're recording this Thursday afternoon um, after a couple weeks of OTAs, mandatory mini camp, um, a lot of drills not run at full speed. So we're going to come to you with overreactions. Um, takeaways from things we saw in regards to the depth chart, how Jordan Love is playing, everything you need to know. So, Bill, if I were to come to you, you know, we were both at every practice this spring. What is the biggest thing you took away from watching the Packers the last couple months? Um, I Do you want the overreaction first? Sure, we can do your biggest overreaction. Go ahead. Luke Musgrave is going to catch 60, 65 passes, 800 yards. He is really good. Um, I just got done off of a interview on Sirius. And, and, I, and you, you try not to get carried away. You try not to get carried away, Matt, this time of year. Sounds I'm like sure, you're getting carried away. I know, and I'm trying and I'm trying not to. Look, I understand the rookie tight ends struggle. Um, I think the Packers franchise record for catches by a rookie is 30. Um, but he is so tall. He is so fast. Um, a lot of times you see these guys, they run four point whatever at the combine. It was four six one for Musgrave. In real in real life comes and it's like, eh, not really. He yeah. is I, I would say he's faster than that. I don't he is a match, he is I'm gonna be a major matchup problem. And once he really gets integrated in this thing and really gets chemistry with the quarterback, he's gonna be really, really, really hard to handle. That's my overreaction. Luke Musgrave is gonna put up really big numbers. Like that. You know, I maybe this is an overreaction. It doesn't seem like it to me because I've kind of stuck with it all along. Um, I think the Packers are going to win 10 games this year. And I say that for a couple reasons. I see the five guys they're trotting out on their quote-unquote starting offensive line. Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, and Tom from left to right. There were so many, granted, there are always going to be injuries, knock on wood for the Packers' sake, but if you trot out that five, that might be the best offensive line in football. I believe I've said on here before, um, the ESPN analytics stat that tracks pass block win rate and run block win rate, um, I believe the Packers were fifth in pass block win rate and eighth in run block win rate last year. And that was with Bakhtiari playing 11 games. Elton Jenkins taking, what, half the season to return to form coming off that torn ACL. Um, you know, rotating guys at right tackle. Zach Tom, you didn't really know where he fit best. If you get those five guys consistently healthy, I don't see why that can't be the best offensive line in football. 
protecting a quarterback that just has to not lose games for the Packers. He doesn't have to be the reason they win games. He just has to be not the reason they lose games. They have arguably the best running back tandem in the league. Um, And the biggest X factor on defense is Rashawn Gary. We've talked a million times about how important he is to the pass rush and the stat that I, that I love to uh, throw out there about, how their pressure percentage dropped off after he tore his ACL. He looks like a man possessed when he's rehabbing on the side at practice. I think he's going to have a big year. Will he be ready for week one? I don't know. I wouldn't put it out of the question, but if you get him, and I really do think it's so cliche to say the year two jump or the two to three jump, I think TJ Slayton and Devontae Wyatt are going to give the Packers a better supporting cast for Kenny Clark than he's ever had. The Packers are going to, and I said this last year, in saying, you know, the Packers have young weapons on offense. They're going to need to win games in different ways with their defense and their running game. They didn't do it last year. I think this is more the year that they do it. And I don't see a reason why 10 wins for those reasons is too far-fetched. Yeah, I can see some of that. You know, you read some of the national stuff about the, you know, the state of the Packers and, and the national experts call the Packers up until line their weakness because of I mean, injuries. I'm thinking, really? It's not that's a ridiculous. weakness. Just because, look, I understand David Bakhtiari's injury history, right? But that was one injury where he had a crap load of problems, right? I believe that he's fine. The Packers say he's fine. He says he's fine. I mean, he's out there practicing with the with the, with the the ones during OTAs. Um, I, I don't think anyone is worried about him anymore. I mean, sure, he could get hurt, just like anybody could get hurt with something or other, but I think the knee stuff is ancient history. Mm-hmm. I think he's fine, and like you mentioned with Jenkins, he'll he'll be a year past that. He's going to be fine. You know, maybe Josh Myers is a better player um, with Jordan Lovett quarterback. Maybe, maybe he's a little less pressure. You know, I know Luke Buckets mentioned that last year was kind of his rookie year, which I don't – maybe that's kind of excuse-making, but I, I agree with you, man. I think the offensive line is going to be just fine. I do question Devontae White and TJ Slayton only because we just haven't seen it, right? I mean, yeah, they might be markedly better. They might not be. Who knows? Um, but clearly those two guys are almost the key to the whole thing. Because those corners are going to intercept passes. Um, the offensive high score some points, en- enough points to be competitive, but can those guys stop the run? And which is which is, you know, we don't have any idea based on the practices that we saw. And that's going to be kind of the, the theme of training camp in the preseason is when it's real, are those guys tough enough to get it done? And the safeties. That's and the, the biggest safeties. question mark on this team. So we'll see. Um, biggest realistic takeaway for me, I, I think, hmm, like you said, I, I think, the the cornerbacks, it's been so up and down the last couple of years. Two years ago, because Jair got hurt. Um, last year, because Eric Stokes wasn't playing well, and they didn't pick off passes really till late in the season, um, at least not to the extent that they needed to. They've obviously shifted some things around with Rasul kind of strictly on the outside, Jair strictly on the outside, Nixon in the slot. Um Eric Stokes is going to start on the bench whenever he's healthy. I think 
for all the talk that Jair and others have done in, in recent years about this cornerback group, I think this could finally be the year they live up to it. I mean, yesterday at practice, I know we both saw it. Jair's so invested that he's not only, you know, picking off passes from Jordan Love, but he's riding the hip of equipment assistants to the sideline and and batting down passes when they're thrown back to the equipment guys. I mean, this is a guy who uh, proved it last year, but wants to follow it up again and show that he's worth that $21 million. He's still the highest paid cornerback in NFL history. And we saw how much of a ball hawk Rasul Douglas can be in clutch late season, late game situations the past two years. You know, we always say it, that the combination of, of pass rush and DBs who can cover, that's how you'd feel the top five defense. If Rashawn Gary can get back and, and Douglas and Alexander can do what I think they can do based on what we've seen just in the brief time they've both been here, because um, they obviously didn't come to OTAs, I think Joe Barry might be here for a little while. <laughs> That's a bold statement. Yeah. Um, yeah. My realistic expectation is is the passing game. Um, in five days of that we got to start, Love was at 59 point something percent. Now, he was in a bad day one, which kind of skews things. Um, started to make too much out of the, the mini camp. But you know, he, the passing game was sporadic, mm-hmm. which is what you'd expect, right? When you got. You're asking two second-year guys to lead a group. That just seems silly, but it is what, you know, it's, it's, it's where they're at. You know, Watson's got to prove he can do it. Dobbs has to prove he can do it. We have no idea if the rookies are any good. Um, To me, Matt, Romeo Dobbs is receiver one, right, as far as targets and catches. I mean, he had three times as many catches as Watson, I, w- I would say. I think I think I said in a mailbag a couple weeks ago, when asked who was going to lead the Packers in catches, I believe I said Dobbs. I mean, Watson's obviously the biggest play threat, but in terms of possession, number of targets, yeah, I would say Dobbs would lead that group. It's got to prove it, right? I mean, yeah, he was pretty good last year, but not, not nothing exceptional. And then he and then he got hurt and just kind of went down the drain from being hurt. I, I understand that part of it. He's got to he's got to take that second year step. And he, I mean, he had a he had a terrible drop yesterday on third and one in a two-minute drill. I mean, God, it was a non-contact drill. I mean, alligator armed and then dropped the ball. I mean, you, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, he was not a yak threat whatsoever last year. So he's, he's got to catch those passes. He's got to make – he's got to turn something into something more. Um, the reason why he can't do it, he's got some obvious talent. Um, but he's going to have to really take a big jump. And if he catches a lot of passes, and then obviously I think that lets Christian Watson get deep for the for the big plays. But – it's going to be a work in progress for sure. How about uh, one player that caught your eye this spring who who could make some noise come training camp? I hate to say Keyshawn Nixon. Um, the guy was an all-pro last year, but <laughs> so kind of a silly answer there. But I mean, in the non-special pretty, teams right, regard, right? He he looks he looks pretty good in the slot. Um, I, I remember last year. I mean, he he'll tackle right. He's he's, he's he brings a physical presence. He brings some swag. I mean, we watched it yesterday, Matt. He goes from playing the gunner slash flyer on the punt team where he runs on the field and quote-unquote tackles the punt returner, and then he's returning the very next punt. So he's going to play a million snaps. I think he's good. I, I, don't, I don't think he's playing slot by default. I think he's playing slot because he's good. What do you got? 
I'm going to go the other side of the ball and go Jaden Reed. You know, it, it's tough to really evaluate receivers, um, especially during routes on air, especially when, you know, maybe like we saw yesterday, they're not doing full speed stuff. But this guy's super quick. He's got good hands, and he fills a big need. If the Packers go those three wide receiver sets, because, listen, they, they could easily throw two tight ends on the field last year because one was the best blocking tight end in the league, and another in Robert Tunyon had impeccable hands. It's probably safe to assume that neither Luke Musgrave nor Tucker Kraft can block like Mercedes Lewis. I don't know how many two tight end sets are going to use right away which would probably open more stuff up for two running backs, three wide receivers. Um, and that third wide receiver is most likely either going to be Samori Toure or Jaden Reed. And I just really like kind of the profile Jaden Reed brings. It's different than what we've typically seen around here. Um, and, and I think he can really be effective. I know, I know the Packers like to have their receivers learn every position, but I, I think Jaden Reed could really specialize in the slot this year. Yeah, I agree with that. He took a lot of number one reps, too. I mean, it was kind of him and Torrey as kind of 1-1-A. And if, and if they're giving the rookie that much run during the offseason stuff, it kind of leads you to believe that he's going to be the guy come regular season. You know, he's not a small guy either. I know he's not, like, tall, but does he strike you as small? Not not me. He seems like a pretty well, compared well to guy. Christian Watson. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, I mean, it's not like he's 5'10", 170. I mean, he looks like he's a pretty well built guy who can maybe run through some tackles. I mean, he's not like super muscle guy, but I don't, I, I don't still think he's like small, short, right? Small. I, I, I agree with that. I think he's got a chance to be really, really effective from the get go. Yeah. All right. Fill in the blank. The biggest thing you took away from watching Jordan, watching and listening to Jordan love this spring was. He's confident. Yeah. The, the rest of the world might not be confident in him. Um, He's confident in what he can do. We'll see if it's well-founded, but um, I don't think he has any doubt whatsoever that he's up to the task. I would say the biggest thing I learned from watching and listening to Jordan Love is that Packers are rallying behind this guy. Not that I didn't expect them to. And, and just because I don't want to go with anything on the field because it's so hard to deduce anything about, especially quarterbacks during, during this part of the offseason, because what they're being asked to do during practice sometimes is unrealistic. You know, we've heard Jordan himself say, you know, now's the time to take risks that you not necessarily would take in, in games that count. You just look yesterday, Jair Alexander hops on his back during his press conference and says, best QB in the league, this, this is QB1. Aaron Jones has, you know, really backed him up. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the team's looser and has more fun because the cloud of Rodgers is gone. I see a lot of people saying that. No, I think they just want to build up their 24-year-old quarterback who now has the unenviable task of following Rodgers, and they th and they actually think Love's good. Whether he will be, nobody really knows, uh, because we won't find out until games that count. But I think this team is a big fan of Jordan Love, and, and I said it yesterday on radio with with John Kuhn. I think Jordan Love will be voted a captain by his teammates this year, one of the three offensive captains. I think his teammates will want to show him tangibly that they trust him to lead this team. Um, so that's, that's what I took away from, 
from listening to not only love, but uh, watching him and, and listening to others talk about him as well. Yeah. That Alexander anecdote is really good, Matt. You know, it's, it's one thing to ask players about Jordan love. And of course you're going to get all the right answers, but there's no reason. I mean, Jair didn't have to do that. Jair wasn't part of it. Um, if Jair thought that Jordan love sucked, he wouldn't have done that. So I, I think that's a great point, Matt, that, that the, there is a real belief among his teammates that he's up to this. I agree. All right, we got a handful of questions. Let's get into some. From Jules Parmentier, I hope I pronounced that right. Thanks for the question. Which rookie will have the largest impact week one? I think, Bill, your prior answer. I think we already know what you're going to say. Yeah, that'd be uh, Luke. I am driving the Luke Musgrave. Musgrave, Jesus. Luke Musgrave bandwagon. I just think he's going to be really, really hard to cover. What do you got? What are you picking? I'm going to go Jaden Reed for the reasons I said before. I, I would say um, Lucas Van Ness, but he's not really running with the ones yet. We know how this team kind of handles rookie edge rushers. You look at Rashawn Gary, who was the number four guy when they drafted him number 12. Um, they draft Van Ness number 13, and – He's running with the twos and the threes. And, you know, Justin Hollins and Kingsley and Agberry are ahead of him. So uh, he'll still play. But I'm going to go Jaden Reed for now. Yeah, I, yeah, it is interesting. They, they did two-minute drill yesterday, and he was running with the threes with Keyshawn Banks, who I'm sure only five of our listeners have ever heard of. Because, yeah, because with the twos, it was um, an Agberry and Ladarius Hamilton. Now, clearly that's going to change when it's time to get going here. But, yeah, he, they're not rushing. They're not forcing him in the line. Yeah. All right. Let's go from Tanner Mott. Is Rashawn going to be ready to go week one, and will he get an extension by the time the season starts? I'm going to say he's not ready week one, but he'll be – ready not too far after that um it'll be a couple days past the 10 month mark when the packers play the bears at soldier field someone brought this up in response to my story i wrote about gary today actually do you really want the first game back from a torn acl to be on that garbage field in chicago it's a fair point yep it's not a bad point um so as much as they would like him back they're not going to rush this guy uh, he's, I would say he's the second most important player on the team this year behind Jordan Love, just because of what he means to the pass rush, what he means to the overall defensive success of this team. Um, so I'm going to say no, not ready for week one. I'll say ready by week three or four. Um, and the extension, I think it does get done before the season. We saw a precedent for the Packers handsomely compensating their injured defensive stars, not injured, but uh, guys coming off injuries. Jair Alexander missed 13 games in 2021, then got 21 million a year the next offseason. Rashawn Gary has already proven what he can do. In the first eight games of last season, only one player in the NFL had a better pressure percentage than Rashawn Gary among those who you know regularly rush the passer, 100 pass rush snaps minimum is how I went about kind of sorting that 
and it was Nick Bosa who won Defensive Player of the Year. Rashawn Gary is elite. He's already proven what he can do. Uh, the Packers will want to get this done just in case he goes gangbusters again. And Gary's agency will want to get this done because what if he's not the same coming off his ACL? So uh, there's there's incentive for both sides to get done. There are seven edge rushers right now who make at least $20 million a year, starting with TJ Watt around 29. Gary's not going to make that much, especially because Nick Bosa is about to get a new deal as well, and he's going to be the new highest-paid defensive player ever, and he's going to make more than Gary. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Gary get more than $20 million, um a year before this season starts. Yeah, I agree with you um, on the extension getting done early. I, I realize Bakhtiari's ACL became an odyssey, um, but this is not a death knell injury anymore. So I don't I don't think there's any reason for either te- either side to put this off. Um, for reference, and I realize it's different positions and different players, Elton Jenkins tore his ACL on November 21st. He played week two. Um, Gary's was, what, November 9th? Um, Robert Tunyon tore his ACL no- October 28th, and he played week one. So just based on those timelines, um, Gary would seem to be, on a, nothing more than pure timeline perspective, um, Gary should be ready to go week one. Now, whether he will be, I don't know. It's a great point about Chicago. Um, they play at Atlanta's field turf on week two. Um, week three is here against the Saints, so maybe week three is the way to go. Is it week three Atlanta or week two Atlanta? I mean, week week three New Orleans. It's week week one. It's at Chicago. Mm-hmm. Is it week two at Atlanta? Oh, is it week Lord, three here know. against the Saints. Let's see. I already forget the schedule. God, I hope yeah, that's right. Two, I was week, sound stupid. week two at Atlanta. Week yeah. three here against New Orleans. All right. Hey, I got one thing right. Yeah, I should probably start planning my travel to those games. Uh, all right. Next question. <laughs> Hitchhike. Who will win the U.S. Open? I'm going with Rory. What? From Muckman. I thought you were going with DeChambeau. That the question, the person who asked the question is going with Rory. Oh. I put $50 on Bryson DeChambeau at 36 to 1. He is currently tied for third place at three under through 17 holes behind only Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele. I may or may not have a stream of the U.S. Open up while I'm recording this podcast. Um <laughs> Bryson's on back-to-back birdies, I believe. So, listen, if I quit this podcast, it's just because I'm rich. It's no offense to anybody. But I've correctly picked the winner of two out of the last three majors before the tournament started. So, um, I'm a genius. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the football. A couple more. Here's a good one from uh, Packers Sweden. Yeah. What was the RBs fighting for number three spot doing? Yeah, uh, we were discussing this the other day. It's... Probably down to three guys, Patrick Taylor, Tyler Goodson, and Lou Nichols. And we know what that third running back spot entails. It's going to be a guy that needs to pass block, who can come in on on passing downs and pass block like Patrick Taylor did for that deep ball to Mercedes Lewis last year in Miami, and a guy that plays on special teams. Because they only took two running backs on the initial 53 last year. So it's going to need to be a guy who uh, is either that game day elevation just for special teams or a specialty guy. And Tyler Goodson, we didn't see that from last year. Lou Nichols, we don't really know, you know, what he can do in that regard. So I tend to say Patrick Taylor just because he's 
filled that role admirably in the past. It's such a great battle, right? Yeah. For everything yeah. you just said, Patrick you're, Taylor does everything. If you're a well. si- if you're a sicko, a football sicko like both of us, yeah, the third running back battle is a great battle. But for the casual fan, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like Patrick Taylor does everything pretty well. I don't know if he has like one thing that you want to hang your hand on, but he does everything well, which is what you need. We all love watching Tyler Goodson. I'm talking about our listeners because Tyler Goodson tore it up in the preseason. Yeah. And you watch him. Again, it's the routes on air stuff, but he, man, he, you stick him out at receiver in the slot or checkdowns. Woo, he is smooth as a receiver. Um, I talked to him the other day. He said he's packed down some muscles, so he's better at pass pro. Um, and he's better running through tackles. That's his hope. So he hopes he'll be a more versatile player in that regard. And Lou Nichols, he dropped a lot of passes this spring. We'll see what happens when it becomes real life and he's not thinking his way through things, but I was, I was a little disappointed um, in, in a couple of practices that we saw. Okay. Let's do two more. Uh, from Johnny Fotog, St. Louis. Where will Hercules line up most of the time? Obviously talking about Lucas Van Ness. Opposite Gary as an edge, uh, outside linebacker, defensive end. Also, how much of an impact do you think he'll make individually versus helping others? Like we said, they're going to not thrust him in right away. Um, maybe he'll get more time right away than he will come week three, week four, and if Gary uh, isn't out there. But like I said, Justin Hollins is running with the ones during team stuff with Preston Smith. And then Anagberry's on on that field as well. And Lucas Van Ness has been on the other field. So um, I could see him being used in, in certain packages. You know, there's been discussion, obviously, about how he can rush from the inside too. So on third down, maybe he comes in for an extra rusher. But if there are only two outside linebackers on the field, I don't see him really getting much time, which is not a bad thing. It, you shouldn't say, oh, you know, it was a terrible pick. How many people said that about Rashawn Gary? And now look at him. You know, that's just how this team kind of drafts and develops the edge rusher position. And if you say, oh, well, why didn't they draft someone that could help them right away? Well, this isn't a year where they were one step away, like they have been, you know, after the 2019 season, after the 2020 season. This team's building for the future while also trying to win now. So um, I would say don't expect too much from Lucas Van Ness this year, but he'll certainly be used in certain sub packages, I think. Yeah, there was some stuff where um, he played D end, like he, he lined up an outside linebacker and then kind of reduced down. I'm not sure how deep we're now allowed to go into those things or if I even should have said that. Um, but he, he is going to be playing some D-line and some outside linebacker to appear. And I remember what I think it was probably Goody on draft night where he kind of mentioned a Zadarius Smith role where he's just kind of roaming around a little bit to snap and, and finds his gap and goes. So I, I would I would guess he'll play more than Gary did as a rookie Um, in some versatile roles where um, he can probably help you in, in multiple areas. Good point. All right, last one. What does Jordan love from Mike underscore nine S Y L V four underscore? What does Jordan love have to do this year to make you believe he's the guy going forward? That's a good question. Aaron Rodgers 
first year, I, I'm gonna I might get the numbers backward here. I want to say he was 28 and 13. Yeah. Um he was fourth in touchdowns and sixth in passer rating, or, or the other way around, or fourth in yards and sixth in passer rating, or the other way around. See, I mean, he had a really good year. When it was time to win games, he failed. Um so I would think you, you mentioned 28 and 13, right? He threw for 4,000 yards. I'm not sure if 4,000 yards is realistic because, you know, this is a totally different receiver core than Aaron inherited. Mm -hmm. But if you're sitting here at 28 and 13 and you're in a bunch of games, I think that's a good year. Even if you don't win it, even even if you're 6 and 11, but at least if you're sitting there in those 11 losses that you're in those games, you know, 7, 8 of them, and his numbers are pretty good, I think that's a good year. I would agree. Like I said earlier, um, he needs to be a guy that doesn't lose games for them. Yes. The term game manager gets throw, thrown around a lot, and I, I know that's kind of a cliche term, but he needs to show that he can protect the football, make the throws that he needs to, not take too many unnecessary risks, and create plays with his feet. Aaron Rodgers might be the best ever at creating something from nothing, more so earlier in his career. Probably not the best ever. That's that's an exaggeration, but he was very good at it for his uh, physical capabilities. He's not a runner like Jalen Hurts or, or Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes is probably the best ever. Um, but you, you get what I mean. Jordan Love has to get creative, make plays with his feet, escape trouble, and not just, you know, be the guy who makes back-breaking mistakes. I said 31-11 and 11 for him. I'm going to stick to that prediction. The touchdowns are probably a little high, but um, I think if they get down near the red zone, people are going to just think they, they're going to run the ball just because of the personnel they have, um, and that'll open some things up in the play-action game. So that's why I say 31, but... I think as long as it's not a disaster, Jordan Love will inspire confidence that he can be the guy. And I think it'll, regardless of what happens, it'll take two years to prove that he is the guy. Because if he has a great first year, it'll be, oh, well, we need another year to prove that it's not a fluke. If he has a mediocre year, it's like, oh, well, you know, let's see an improvement in year two. If he has a really bad year, then it's going to be, okay, he needs to have an incredible year to prove that he's the guy. So bottom line, if he can be the reason the Packers win a couple games while not being the reason they lose some backbreaking ones, I think he'll set himself up well for the future, if all that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You you mentioned the mobility part of it. We didn't see that, did we? And I, when you were talking, I was trying to go back through my head. He never really got out of the pocket, did he? No, he didn't. Maybe, practices, it was like maybe a that's by effort. design at this exactly. point of the offseason. Yep. It seemed like a concerted effort to to stand back there. Maybe he just thinks that, hey, on the run, I can make something happen. I need to not do it here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think yeah, I, I think you'll see a lot more of that, and he'll be he'll certainly be an asset at that part of it. Correct. Here's here's All an right. easy one. I know you said one more. From Seattle, Pashal, Peschel, sorry if I botched that, hot dog or brat. I know if Demofsky was here, we know where he'd weigh in. Hot dog or brat, Matt? Hot dog, easily. Yeah, my wife and I went to uh, Pelkins. It's a meat shop here in town. They had General So's brats. Ooh. And they also had Korean barbecue brats. That's tonight's dinner. Um, 
I'm looking forward to it. Fantastic. Maybe I'll come over. No, I'm just kidding. I won't. Um, anyway, that's a good wrap up of, of the spring. I hope everyone enjoys their six week break. First practice of training camp, July 26th. Shareholders meeting July 25th. We're assuming July, July 24th. 24th. Uh, veterans report the 25th. Excellent. Football will be here before you know it. And man, for now, just daydream Packer fans about what happens if Jordan Love goes into Soldier Field week one and beats the Bears. That's what we'll leave you with. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you.